experience passion, kids slave, embrace the culture, slash girlfriend. Her and, I, her and I are very close. She was supposed to be at our nuptials, but you know things happened and she couldn't be there. But we're we're becoming very close. Sometimes I need a slut. <gasps> I don't want to deal with the good girl. You know, oh, I love you and give me a kiss. And I nah. Sometimes I want you to. Suck on my fucking toes, lick my balls. Suck, suck and daddy's dick, you dirty whore. I love you. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to the Swing Culture Podcast. These conversations are not for the faint of heart. I am your host, Nadine St. Val. My friends call me Queen Nadine. I have been an active part of the adult community for over 21 years. Please join me as we dive deep into the secret society of partner swapping, group sex, BDS infections, and a turn of lifestyles. Ooh, baby. Happy Thursday and welcome to Swing Culture Podcast. I am your host, Queenie Dean. And tonight's topic, we're going to be talking to two lovely people about how they were able to find love, happiness, and marriage in a turn of lifestyle. Good evening. Good evening, Nadine. Queen Nadine. Hey, baby. Now, how would you guys like me to introduce you to the public? Uh, Divine Universal and you. How would you like to be introduced? <laughs> Lady T, Blue State, Patrice, Patrice, Um, I would say Blue Sage. Blue Sage. That's yeah. a new one. I like that. I've had that for two years. I gave her that name um, because of the attributes that I found in her um, coincided with the name Blue Sage. So we came up with that. I love romance (laughs) and love. It just makes you want to love more. So yeah, absolutely. I wanted to talk to you, you beautiful, beautiful Ebony people about how you were able to find love and marriage and BDSM and also congratulate you on your new nuptials. Congratulations. Thank you very much. <laughs> very, very much. We couldn't have did it without you, man. Ah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um <laughs> so what happened was is we met at a lifestyle party. Um just in passing though, but I oh it was hard to really get an edge in. Um because there was so much going on. But can we, we met. Can we just point out mm-hmm. one thing? Can we point out the fact that she was extremely <laughs> vanilla. She's very monogamous. And she always yeah. works the front desk at these events. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That was absolutely um, one of the biggest parts for me to overcome was that she wasn't in the lifestyle so much but she had a lot of friends in the lifestyle. Um, let her tell it. The story is, is she tried, but it wasn't for her. So what happened was is she continued to hang out with lifestyle people were very fun. And then it just became, you know what? I'm going to be honest with myself. I'm more monogamous than anything. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was always honest with myself. I just, got my feet wet to see maybe I was wrong. And then I realized I wasn't, I was right all the time, but yeah. I was willing to try before saying, yeah, no, that's not for me. Okay. okay. So, and then when I first attempted this swinging side of lifestyle from a singles perspective, I felt um, violated. Although it was consensual, I felt like I felt violated because I wasn't in it. I consider myself the um, demisexual. And basically that means there has to be some type of romance, some type of romantic connection, not a commitment, but some type of romantic connection. I I can't do sex just for um, the hell of getting my itch fresh. So, I love that. I'm not that type of person. I'm so for sex (gasps) without the romance. But I think that- I, I, honestly, sometimes I wish I was more like that because it doesn't require emotions. Yeah, but I feel like the well, romance it makes it it makes it makes it better. Even it it, it does it makes it better. That's when you can, can yes. actually say size doesn't matter because you have that emotional connection to that person where the thought of them is everything. 
You're listening exactly. to the Swing Culture Podcast featuring Queen. You made me feel so romantic. Ooh, I love you. <laughs> I do. I, I love love. And people, are, I think a lot of people come into the lifestyle and they, they just want that physical, uh-uh-uh. Especially a lot of men, they come in with that. So I'm just going to fuck as many women as possible, get as many notches on my belt as possible. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of women come in and they want those emotional attachments. Yeah. Yeah. I really do. I agree. But it's it's nothing wrong either way. For me, um, the best part is really coming into your own sexuality and learning yourself, which isn't easy, but it's worth it once you get there. So I experienced the swinging lifestyle probably for the greater part of 26, seven years. Oh, shit. But what happened is I found out I was more polyamorous than um, swing. I decided, you know, I was more comfortable with the connection, even though I wanted to have multiple partners. Um, it was much easier for me to have multiple partners instead of the swinging atmosphere with just anybody without any real connection. I like the fact of having a connection. So I shifted into polyamory and BDSM. Now, for um, those of people who don't understand what polyamory is, can you please explain it for us? Polyamory is multiple relationship partners. Um, Not all are sexual, but there is absolutely some sort of a connection and it's shared between me and my partner. She knows about everyone that I'm in sort of a romantic relationship with and sexual uh, relationships with. So everything is basically on the table. And now a word from our sponsors. Hi guys, this is Queen To listen to more episodes like this, feel free to Google Swing Culture Podcast. Patrice, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? Are you okay with that? Um, I I genuinely am. I wasn't always. I pretty much um so I got into the relationship with him from the door knowing this about him. It wasn't dropped on my lap later on, which I think makes it much easier to um to do. And I was coming in actually as a, a third, so to speak. Cause he was already in a relationship. So it just made it even easier for me. But when that didn't work out and then it became him and I, it made it harder. Cause it's, it's crazy. Cause I can go in. Cause as a third, I knew my place and you know, I knew there was somebody above me and in polyamory, you have it where there's hierarchies, you have it where there's not. It all depends on, you know, each individual, the structure, the, the structure of it. There you go. The structure of it. Um, so as coming in as a third, I was very comfortable with it. But once I became, it became him and I, it was a whole nother, um, a whole nother, what's the word? No, not the dynamic. It was a whole nother. It was harder. Basically it was harder for me. The responsibility in the relationship changes. I can share your, like I told him, I'm okay with sharing your bed. It's hard for me to share your heart. Um, and for me in my relationship, friendships, Family, I'm more. I bring people together. So for me, I would have go. I had to go with the kitchen table polyamory, which was what he, which was what he brought to me when he told me about it. And it it sounds appealing. Which basically is, we're all connected. We all we we can sit down, have dinner together. Don't have to be sexual between me and his other partners or anything like that. But we can sit and be friends with him around or without him around. Like a As family. Opposed to he's like a family, exactly, like a family. I so that, that was more appealing to me than the other way because me not being in the know is hard for me to accept. People have more respect for your relationship when they get to know both sides because they care about you and they don't, they won't want to do anything that's going to harm you. Whereas when they're not connected with you, they can care less. It's all about self. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I, 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 I was content with it, but I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely fine with it. His slave slash girlfriend, her and I are very close. She was supposed to be 
at our nuptials, but you know, things happen and she couldn't be there. But we're we're becoming very close. So have been close. I've we're becoming oh closer, yeah. put it that way. I've seen the growth. But yeah, really. It's genuine on both mm. ass, both sides. So are you allowed to have a partner if you decide to have a partner? You want me to answer it? Let me answer that. So for me, um, she's absolutely uh, allowed to have another partner. Um, The issue with that for me is it would have to be somebody that one that I can approve of. Um, I'm a very dominant uh, type of person. If this person clashed with me, it would not work over well. Um, That man or woman would have to be okay with having structure that I support. Um, We would have to be able to communicate amongst ourselves, but that process is extremely hard. One, because I'm more attracted to energy. So if I find like, you know, a little bit of shady, something here or there that I don't like, that would become the focus for me. And the same thing with even our dating process, um, I found things that I didn't like, but I had to fine tune it um, to get her to understand where I was coming from and understand her and then make that uh, balance to see if we were actually going to be able to work it out together. Because remember, like she said, it shifted. Our relationship shifted once it became about me and her. And I did not like that process at all. Mm, I can um, imagine. Change is not always <laughs> easy. Change is not easy. Yeah, it wasn't easy at all. But yeah, she's absolutely allowed to. The thing was, is it would have to be somebody that would have to fit all the criteria that we need um, on a kitchen table poly level. I've never heard that term before, kitchen table poly level. I've never heard I I like it, but I've never heard that term before. Really? Yeah. I, well, I, you know, I lived a lot of crazy lives, you know, and I'm emphasis on lives, but it's just <laughs> I I lived these lives without knowing the rules or the guidelines. I just yeah. I just was I was just living. You're listening to the you know right. podcast. So. Queen Do, okay, now I heard his his his, his explanation. Is this does the same thing go into thought when it's a female partner, or is it only for male partners? Oh no, that goes both ways. So both even if I, it's so even if it's you looking for another partner, female, if it's you looking, you go you the same criteria have to pop. Absolutely, absolutely. I like. That. Oh yes. Okay. He he sends them my way. Um, and my thing is, as long as. Once they're in, as long as they're as long as they're in, and things are fine between us. If her and I don't have a fallout, no. Let me rephrase that. If her and I were to have a fallout and it had nothing to do with him and our relationship, then he would he could genuinely continue that relationship on the side. That would not be a part of our kitchen table, probably. If it, if there's an issue between her and I, once we you know she's come in and we've all bonded and people have fallout. It would just be our thing. Now, if at the beginning there's something I don't like about her and I can, I'm genuine with it and I have something to back it up, then she's no longer on the table for us as, okay, um, from the door. She's no longer. So he does send them my way. I can't imagine somebody not liking you. I love you. I yeah. really do. I, I, I love you. <laughs> but you know what? You know what? It won't even be about liking me. Some some people I've seen, heard, read some stories, heard some stories where they'll come in pretending, and in reality, they might just genuinely be after me, or they might be genuinely after him. But mm. they'll come in as if they want the kitchen table poly, and that's not what they really want. They just want sex. So I'm more of uh, I look out people. You know, I look at people side eye. I feel their energy like he does. But when it's not something that a love interest of mine, I see better than what he would. You know, they say love is blind. And when you got your eye on somebody, you don't see the Mm -hmm. the fault. But to go back to your question, you asked him about me, if I was to have another love interest. The chances of that are very slim to none throughout my whole life. I'll be 50 next month. I've never, ever in my life dated more than one person or even found myself 
attracted to two people at the same time to the point where I wanted to see where both relationships would go. My girlfriend Jennifer would say, my meters are filled. My mm-hmm. love language is quality time and physical touch. Long as those three, th- those two things are not being disrupted, You're happy. we're good. We're good. Long as the other relationships don't take away from that. Because that's my love language. I that's I need that. I feel like more people need to know their love language. Um, say that again. I feel I'm like sorry. more people need to know their love language. I really do. Yeah. Yes, they really do. Absolutely. Like I, I stumbled across that. Um, I think I saw it on like um, um, Instagram or something, and, I, and I, it made me look into it. And there's actually a test where you can take to find out your love language, and it's five. Presents are, are not even the optional mind. And that's one of them. It's at the bottom of the five. It's zero. So you want to go out and do X, Y, Z and, you know, cause issues. You can't come back to me with, oh, here's a Fendi bag or here's a diamond ring and think it's going to make up. <laughs> it's not. You give me my quality time and my um, physical touch. Physical touch. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good. You know, so you have to know a person's love language and know what it is that you have to do to keep them happy. Some people would be present, but that's not me. So, yeah, but I've never ever been in my life been attracted to more than one person at a time to the point where I wanted to date both and see where it would go. So the chances of me bringing someone to him is slim to the nine. I I believe I had a, I lived in a family, family table, Polly. Because we all lived together. Yeah. This is before I was with, with we got reconnected with my husband. And it was me and my oldest son and my partner, my male partner. And he had another female partner. Now, me and her were never intimate. We didn't like each other, but we respected each other. Okay. And we all lived that together. And we, we all ate together. And we all paid bills together. And we all lived in the same house and shared everything. It was, it was like a you little dysfunctional family. <laughs> but it was very... um. Financially responsible, it, like financially, it was very beneficial. Mm-hmm. It, like we were, able, it was so much easier to pay the bills, pay the rent, pay the light bill, pay to pay for the internet, whatever we needed, trips. It was so much easier with us all working together because we all had the same financial goals. You know what? Just just to piggyback off of that a little bit, um, one of the other benefits that I like of polyamory is um, raising children. You get a different aspect from everyone that's in that home. So one person may be creative, which helps in so many aspects as far as uh, viewpoints. You know, kids get to learn a different outlook on life um, from an artistic mindset, right? Then you have another part where uh, maybe the physical parent um, is more loving, so you get that particular aspect and all of these meters are filled with your children that may not have, or, you know, it may be a little more difficult to relearn all of these things as adults and blah, blah, blah. But for me, that was one of the more beautiful aspects of polyamory when you have a communal family. Yeah, I, lo- um, I do love that. Yeah, I really love that aspect. And I always thought I was weird for liking stuff like that, but I, I, I agree with you. You get you have the opportunity from to learn from so many other people. Like I might be a great cook, but I might not be able to play an instrument, but my sister can. So that's something she can pass on, you know, as your sister wife can yeah. can, can offer to the family. It's very gift. So I definitely see the benefits. I think that was one of the reasons why I was so comfortable with the idea because I was like, wow, this is going to be beneficial for my son i was able to pay for him to get piano lessons and and it helped with our lifestyle it, it, it definitely helped with my bank account <laughs> <laughs> all of it is really um an added bonus and then you get a confidant you get friendship there's a whole lot of other aspects and you also get the, the feeling of community around you if you and your absolutely. partner are having issues you always have someone there to lean on and mm-hmm. help bridge that back Balance together it out. because at the end yeah. of the day it's about really having that full 360 unit yeah it helps man it really does absolutely does have you always been poly have you always been open to the idea of having other partners uh, uh oh this is a touchy one so most of the women 
that I dated in my 20s, I cheated on. I didn't really know about polyamory, but I always knew I needed extra. You know what I mean? Not just, not necessarily sex, but I needed that other dynamic. I'm, I'm pretty artistic, right? I've played instruments. I've done a whole lot of other things, but these particular aspects aided in the emotional um, wraparound that I needed, that security blanket or whatever you want to call it. Like it helped me as a person to have a multitude of people one, who may be the person that I go to to go party with. Two, another person may be the one that I can communicate and have as a, as a confidant. Um, three, may be the, the one that gives me mind-blowing sex, gives the most fantastic head, and, you know, the one that I crave and all that kind of stuff. You send them like, over to my house when you finish with them. <laughs> <laughs> But those are the differences, um, people that I can communicate with on an intellectual level. And everybody was very different that I had in my life. But I could not have been honest at the time because, one, I wasn't ready. Um, two, I didn't study enough to know that this was an actual thing that was legitimate. For me, telling somebody like, look, you know, we just fucking around. And I love you, but I want some new pussy or something like that. Like it was, it was very, very hard. Um, and then when I tried, it went over bad. So then I went back to lying. Like it was really, really yeah, bad. I, I, I was a cheater. I was a constant, constant <laughs> cheater. So I, I, I totally get you. And I was bad. Like my boyfriend would be at home and I would like show up at the door with another dude behind me. And it was, and it was what it was. If you, you ain't like it, you can leave. It's my house. <laughs> well, damn. And I was like, I, it was like, that's how bad it was. And it got to the point where like, he, he kind of like just took it in a way, <laughs> mm. you know, cause I was the, I was the breadwinner. So it's like, he kind of tolerated, but he, he didn't like it. He yeah. didn't like it, but it was just, it was just, it was just who I was. I've always been. I've never been with someone. I can only probably maybe think of one boyfriend that I was like faithful to. I, wow. I was always a cheater. So how did that happen for you where you decided to be faithful, even though you had these aspirations and feelings of Polly, how did it work for you? I decided to be faithful after I did too much damage. Mm. And I saw how it was hurting the person I cared about. So, you know, it's, it's, it's still a work in progress and, and I'm still dealing with my own demons because I am who I am, but I want to be, but I want to be better. Yeah. I I sincerely do. I want to be better. So, but I was always a cheater and I was always like, if if I was going to fuck somebody, I was going to fuck somebody. I didn't hide it. I was going to do it. (laughs) Mm. I was horrible. I was horrible. And. I don't know. I was just I did too much damage. It was just like and I was, it was hurting. It was causing too much hurt, and I just had to stop. So to give you a little insight on on our relationship, I went through the exact same phase with Patrice. Same. It hurt me so bad to bear witness to her crying behind something that I had lied about. Um, even though I felt like I was being honest with myself. I hurt her so deeply and you could feel the shift in it where she's getting fed up. And for me, it was, I think I can do this a little bit better. How about entrusting her with a little bit of honesty and see see where it goes? Yeah. You know what I mean? It didn't, it wasn't easy because again, her learning process was different from mine. So it was, Dealing with the pain of the honesty after the lies. That was one. Then two, the shift that happens once you become honest and they relearn you. Oh, after that, you get a little bit of sunshine. You know what I mean? But the process I'm, is never easy after the I'm looking forward to the, the sunshine because the, the process is not easy, but I know and it's a process. 
And yeah. I, I don't, I don't, like you said, you saw the pain you caused her. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that no more. I don't want to yeah. be that. I can't look at myself as a person knowing I <laughs> hurt someone I care for so deeply so much. She, she helped me strive for being a better person. Or you just made me cry. <laughs> so those of you who are just tuning in, I'm talking to Sir Divine and his his beautiful new wife, Mistress Blue, about their love and BDSM and polyamory and just finding finding happiness and eternal lifestyle. And you just made me fucking cry. I'm so mad at you right now. Yeah. I'm so happy we are not videotaping this. Oh my god, <laughs> like a fucking baby. Yeah, it was it was a beautiful process. After coming out of the pain, now we get to rejoice in it because I've made this woman my wife, and I'm absolutely proud of the process that we have come through. Even though I've made this woman cry on numerous occasions. You know what I mean? But the one that hurt the worst is when she cried in front of me. I said, I'm tired of that. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to put anybody through this. So I'm on the other side of the sunshine. She's now my wife. We are still very much involved in the BDSM community. Um, and we help teach. What's your sign, Divine? Which is Zodiac? Uh, Capricorn would be my Zodiac. But I, I'm, I'm multifaceted, believe it or not. Like I'm a jack of all trades. I believe really? it. You're, you're you're a bit of a nerd, so I believe it. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd, no, so I think that's I my, my weirdness comes in. So I absolutely embrace it. I really do. Mm. So tell us about your classes. Like I I, I got to go to one. I got to go to your munch mm-hmm. when you proposed to Patrice, and I learned a lot. I would say you have some very intriguing people that shows up. Uh, to give you a little background, like we do um, private classes where we're just talking about um, movies as far as aspects into kink. And most of it is, is geared around lifestyle stuff. But we actually do meet with maybe five or six people and talk about relationship aspects, specifically getting a balance for us, when we're going, when we might be going through something or have gone through something, we run it by our friends just to make sure, like, it's not just a one-sided aspect. Um, the Nork Munch, the Nork Munch, we have a variety of different people who come out, um, and we talk about kink. Um, we have games, we have different topics, even comfortable levels of just random communication. Do you know um, if you guys will be continuing to do the munch after the, once the pandemic is over? Oh yeah, absolutely. Most definitely. Yeah. We've learned a lot from them also and it has aided in the whole entire process to lead up to our nuptials. I learned a Anything lot when I when I came to your Newark munch. I really did. It was there was one gentleman he was very insightful. It was just it was a lot of information I never had. It really was. <laughs> well, we welcome you back once we um, started oh, again. Trust me, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> we're, both, <laughs> we're both on set life. Um, Blue stage on set life. Uh, for me, it's the divine dominance on set. We're on Facebook and we communicate with most people. If you have a significant amount of mutual friends, we'll probably communicate with you so we saw um, someone wants to contact you can they just message you on facebook yeah absolutely and let me know where you come from like you know uh oh i heard your podcast or you know i'm a friend of so and so like those are the those are the probably the parameters that i would look for because i particularly ask how do you know me you know and a lot of people say that they're very, very private about their kink lifestyle because a lot of the kink BDSM is still is still illegal. So you have to mm-hmm. be, approach it very cautious. The process of ushering into kink, when especially if you're new and you don't know much. What is the coalition? Um, um, hold on. Let me see if I can find the paper. Oh, so it's called the National Coalition of Sexual Freedom, Inc. Um, and 
I guess for short, NCSF. And it, it, it's a very legit company um, that talks about, a, like I said, a whole host of things. If a person that. wanted to approach their partner about the possibility of being in a, po- a polygamous relationship, how would you advise them to go about it? Huh. Without without Ooh. pissing anyone off. <laughs> um, one, I would say, well, Patrice would like to answer, but I'm just going to add my, my two cents in really quick, is that one, you would have to be honest with yourself. And being able to be honest with yourself, you have to be able to share that with your partner to give them that understanding of this is who I am, for one. So you got to know yourself, for one. And then two, um, be willing to listen and understand, okay, if this is not how you feel, walk away. But I'm being honest in my truth. And, you know, I'm sorry if this doesn't fit for you, but this is who I am. And I would absolutely um, want you to be able to accept me. So I'm trying to be honest with this process. Um, and B, you have to be willing to listen um, without judgment, really. And as hard as that is, it's a big step. It is an absolute big step. But for me, I would say those are the pretty much three parameters that you would have to incorporate. So I'm in quite a few polyamory groups. Um, some are, you know, strictly polyamory. The, my, the main one, they're on Facebook. The main one that I stay in is for poly and monogamous relationships called poly um, mono. What I find, and it's mainly people are in there with um, looking for advice. You see more advice posts than anything in there. And what I've learned from one thing of advice from my own personal experience that I would tell anyone that's going into um, a polyamory relationship, if you're getting into it with someone and they're already in one, make sure that their significant other, their partner is genuinely okay. Um, I've seen it where they'll say, well, their partner is one to don't ask, don't tell, they don't want to know anything about it. And they'll tell them all of these different stories as to why the partner doesn't want anything to do with it. And then when all said and done, they're just using it as a way to openly cheat. Mm. So I would, I would insist on um, making sure that that partner, before I got too, too into it, emotions into it, I need to talk to her just for her to, if she just say, oh, go ahead, it's cool. That's it. If you don't want to say nothing else to me, it's fine. But give me the, the green light. And for those of you out there who thinks like that, be willing to make the effort. Is you genuinely okay with your partner having other partners? Be willing to just give the potential partners the green light. It, it makes things so much easier. Because if not, even if it's your, your partner is telling the truth, they come across as if they're lying. Because you, as their partner... Um, being okay with them having other partners, but not wanting anything to do with it, makes it look like they make they're possibly cheating. So at least be willing to get let the potentials know it's okay. I just don't want to be involved in it. At least you know just do that much because it makes things so so much easier. And it gets rid of the, the what if question. What what yeah, if he's what lying is. to me? What if he's he's deceiving exactly. me? What if he's just using me and he's lying to her? So definitely, I, I definitely can see what you can Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it was another thing I was about to say. Um, right now, I lost my train of thought. That's <laughs> okay. We're going to find it. We're going to put up. We're going to sit out a search yeah, we, party and look for it. Please do, because I lost it just that quick. Um, when it comes back to me, I'll say it. I'm going to sit here and think about it. Now, so with your next question. I have a question. There are, I feel I find like a lot of poly relationships now are basically set up for men to have threesomes. Mm-hmm. And do you, do, do you feel the same way? Do, do you feel like she needs to be able to participate with any woman you're interested in? Or do, do you agree with that type of attitude? Uh, I'm going to really open myself up for a moment, but I'm very much into a cockle type of a situation. Um. Cockle being, I don't mind watching my woman fuck another man. 
Say for the people in the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. That is a supreme turn on for me. Um, and I've gotten to see it twice. Like, it, it is fairly good for my spirit to watch her be pleasured by someone else. None of these things are easy to come by. It takes a lot of work and trust. But the trust has to be there before anything else. So if you really have like a sketchy type of situation, it ain't more than likely it won't work. Um, unless you're really a cold hearted motherfucker like this, that would be really hard to uh, walk into. I feel like with trust, it would be like a whole lot of drama, like endless drama. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. who got time for that, but I don't, I don't, I can't. Do I mean, that. I've, I've tried. I don't even like now when when single women call my husband. I'm like, what, 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 they ain't got no man to call. They, why they need your advice? Why they need your advice? They ain't, they ain't got a boyfriend. Like shit. Oh, um, yo, your your husband has a lot of wisdom, man. Just sitting. That's um, why after, I be so jealous. <laughs> oh, so just 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 a little insight from a kid from Newark. I'm gonna be honest with you. When you understand your husband, you know, he's a great advocate and he has a lot of knowledge. And one thing, people gravitate towards knowledge. That's one of the reasons I was drawn to him because of his intelligence. Saposexual. Most people are not aware of the term, but saposexual people. Say that again. Saposexual. Did I say it right? Yes. Sapiosexual. Sapiosexual. Thank you, Mistress Blue. Um, is the term of being attracted to the mindset of someone. Yeah, and that's, most that's people definitely me. instinctually have it, but don't know necessarily the term. You know what I mean? But when you start dropping some of this stuff, and it's like, you know, attractive to your ear, and it touches you in a certain way. It touches my soul, touches my very yeah. essence. And it's like But it's not just you. Most people are like that. Most people are like that. But the hard part is understanding your partner has that even as a man. Oh, it's not I'm hard not, to understand it. I'm, I'm, I'm very aware of it. I just don't wanna sh- I don't want everybody else to see what I see. I'm selfish oh, in that of way. Of course they do. Come on. I'm selfish in that way. Like I feel like that's that's for me. And even though I know that's what they're drawn to is his intelligence and they enjoy talking to him because he's very insightful. I I, I still get a little jealous about it. Do you remember when we first met? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm a, a drop. Was I sober? <laughs> was I dressed? <laughs> yeah, you were. I was we, you had you had not even lit the blunt yet. But so we were close. sitting in a suite. Wait, that doesn't mean I was sober. i believe you were sober okay (laughs) um he was already there when you got there so you got there late they were there early no 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 this was was right after like check-in y'all they were they were already there remember y'all came after work they were already yes you were already there we all met the same party they had not even set up the swing yet in the room but they were already up they what party ready. was this? Which party this was this? This is at the gala. The first one? In downstairs. The, 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 very, the, the very first one you guys yeah. came to. Oh, I definitely Y'all don't remember checking, that. I was checking people in downstairs. I didn't go up to my room to do the check-in to after like 11 o'clock. I think you might have been just getting out the shower or whatever. You were like um, dropping all kinds of bomb on the wisdom that comes behind having um, the circle at the the top mm-hmm. and the man being at the root and the children holding everything together. And this was the initial conversation we had um, that drew me to you guys. And then upon the glide group that you guys had set up, oh man, it, it just solidified, yo, this dude is absolutely somebody that I need to keep in contact with. He's a dope spirit. With, believe so it or not, having that conversation with my husband was one of the reasons he was drawn to me. Because, mm. you know, he's always had ideas, but it was really us meeting because I grew up in a very 
pro pro black pro be proud of who you are be proud of your mm -hmm. roots type household so i got my first uncle when i was 12. <laughs> wow. oh, very cool so so i've i've always been part like part of that movement like i think that's why i always had these always had these out of the box ideas my, my mm. parents always encouraged that that type of creativity and absolutely stick it to the man and you're going to a protest let me help you paint your <laughs> purple like that i was very fortunate to grow up even though my parents were strict when it came mm -hmm. to certain things like boys and and sex they were strict but everything mm -hmm. else they would like go for it yeah express yourself and while you're at it know this and yeah and it always stuck with me so even though i had my my work is in the sex industry and it doesn't take away from the, from your intelligence as an individual. Absolutely not. Absolutely. My thing is, is I've been through quite a lot of shit in my life. However, these are the experiences that help teach me because one, I was open to it and I didn't have parents to really guide me. So I figured it out on my own, but I always quested for the knowledge side of why do I keep going through this shit? You know, how do I make things better for myself? Because I noticed nobody was really helping me. So I had to shift my mindset. And this is no different than the relationship between me and Patrice. It always was the focus on being a better man, being a better confidant, being a better friend, being better for myself. Discovering self-love is probably the biggest part of it. You know what I mean? And as hard as it is to look at yourself in the mirror, and I mean really stare, feel that power, sometimes it's scary. Sometimes you feel very overwhelmed, but you got to stare in that mirror, look yourself in the eyes, feel the power, and adjust. And I absolutely know I could not have done it without her. So if anything, just kidnap, kidnap, kidnap Mistress Blue and... That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Queen, I, my, I found my train of thought that I was going to say. Oh, you found it. Where the, was it? I, I found it. It detoured. <laughs> so, what I was going to say, it was advice again um, with polyamory. Um, being in these groups, another thing that I find um, that people want advice about is turning a monogamous relationship into a polyamory relationship. Yeah where one partner might finally want to be honest with their partner about what they truly want or what they realize about themselves. Like, this is why I cheat. Like, they didn't know that it was a po there was a thing. And then once they learn that polyamory is a thing, then they want to bring it to their, especially if you're married, they want to bring it to their spouse. But then they want their spouse to, they figure, I'm being honest with you. You should be okay with it and want to jump right into it. That's a long drawn out process to get some, especially especially if you already have trust issues. I, I, it's going to make it harder. So it's not something they're going to be okay with in two weeks, six months. Might not, it might take a couple of years. It might take some time. I but you imagine. have to be patient. If you really want it and you want your partner to be genuinely okay and comfortable with it, you have to build and stabilize your own foundation before bringing someone else into it. Do you think something like it's that could work? Said. Like if my, par Most definitely. my partner was a cheater and I was faithful and now they come to me and say, look, I'm not really a cheater. I'm a polyamorous. And You're talking to us. Yeah. You're talking to Absolutely. us. That's exactly it. You're talking to us. I came in knowing him, he was polyamory, but the cheating still, you know, the cheating still went on. I feel like so you know the, all the rules. I mean, I understand why the rules exist. Like, you're, if you're gonna date someone else, they have to have certain qualifications. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's part. I feel like it's a bit controlling. You know, I hate I hate to say that, but I do. I feel like it's a bit controlling because I feel like men are visual creatures. You're gonna be drawn to right. a woman the moment you find her physically attractive. Exactly. So either so if she has a good job then yeah but if she doesn't what then what you're just gonna bang her and keep it moving <laughs> you know no 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 not not at all that that no so when i say um basically it's if she has good intentions on coming into this relationship not even the, the money aspect of it good intentions because 
our relationship is going to come first and foremost. Then once if somebody was to move in with us, then it's equal across the board. But who's ever in this, physically in this household, those relationships take precedence, period. Now, we would like for it to eventually be just like we were talking the other day. You were talking about having a community. I would love, love that. That is that. like my dream. We would love to do that. But and if you've got your own stuff going on at home and it can't affect what's going on in here. I got you. Because we have to live with each other 24-7. You can go home and go do your own thing, have somebody else you know, distract your mind or whatever. And then we're left to deal with can whatever you, it is that caused the commotion. Can your third live with you? Yes. Okay. That's when the financial the stability comes in on. You got it. You can't come and live with us and not contribute like that. That's not happening. <laughs> no, yeah, that wouldn't you, happen. But see, again, it has to be, you have to be able to contribute in some particular aspect yeah. that is not already being done even if it's not financially yeah, yeah, yeah. even if it's not financially if you have um the spirit and energy to teach oh yeah then we homeschool the kids and it's perfect you know what i mean gotcha um it has to be something you can contribute that to the community offer so for me just to piggyback before patrice started to talk he was like you know what if she doesn't have a good job or whatever the case may be my thing is is um, for me, sometimes I need a slut. Mm. I don't want to deal with the good girl, you know, oh, I love you and give me a kiss. And I, nah, sometimes I want you to suck on my fucking toes, lick my balls. Suck, suck daddy's dick, you daddy whore. Exactly. But that's not qualifications of But that's not, that's not the qualifications of living with us. That's more my uh, primal instinct where I need that particular cup filled. Mm. I'm going to bring my cup over. <laughs> <laughs> Fill up both of these motherfuckers. We got some juice for you. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Oh my God. I, I, I want to say thank you to both of you for the honesty and it has been very insightful. You two, you two have a lot of wisdom, a lot of in, and thank you for sharing it with us. Like, really. Absolutely. I never even oh, heard that term before thing. today. Family table poly. A, it's a new one for me. A relationship worth fighting for, your base, you'll do what it takes to get it done. Even if that means going to see therapists. Yeah. Like, we've done something that most, a lot of couples won't even do. Yeah. A lot of couples won't even do. We put our pride and our ego to the side, and it was something we both wanted. It, was, it wasn't even a fight. I didn't have to twist his arm. He didn't have to twist my arm. We were given the information, and I think the next day we called, yeah. and the following week we were sitting in a therapist's um, um, office, yeah. think, and we I, went regularly. I think counseling yeah. is very important. I, even if you're not having issues, I feel like it's, imp- yeah, it's good to exactly. have counseling available. That unbiased um, ear to listen. Because yeah. sometimes, sometimes you, as, even as adults, we need to be told about ourselves, and we're not, mm-hmm. not, we're not willing to listen to it from our partner because it comes off like nagging and you just don't want you just don't want to hear it yeah. but when somebody else especially when it's a stranger like listen you need to get your shit the fuck together <laughs> it's like dude yeah. who the fuck are you <laughs> yeah. you don't know me like that but it, it's the truth you need to get it's your true, shit man. together otherwise you wouldn't be here with me motherfucker get it together yeah. it's a hard look it's but ne- like i said once you necessary. look in the mirror yeah, absolutely necessary. But at some point, somebody has to grow and somebody has to learn. I love that, Devon. I can see you talk all day. You are you are definitely insightful. Well, you're absolutely welcome to call me after the fact, <laughs> and we can build um, and continue to build, man. Because had it not been for you and Lester, I don't think we would be here. You guys have been absolutely instrumental to the process of me and Patrice's growth. I believe um, I believe in love and I, I believe I believe in trying it's it's so yeah. easy when things go wrong to walk away and start again and meet somebody new and say hey let me let me try this this car since I didn't like the other car and mm-hmm. yeah you can have a new relationship and you might find happiness but you're gonna miss out on something so wonderful because you didn't put forth the effort at some point yeah. you're gonna have to do it with someone because even us as, as, as individuals we're not perfect yeah. So together, two imperfect people, 
it, it cannot be easy. It's not going to be easy. <laughs> it's people, never. I, easy. I think a lot of people they they see they see the shiny stuff that mm-hmm. I have with my in my relationship with my husband, but they have no yeah. idea of how hard yeah. it is to make it look so shiny. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. have no yeah. idea, you know, yeah. and. And I feel like, and it's, it's so easy. So I say it's so easy for someone just to look out and say, "Yeah, I see they have they have a poly." So this guy has a poly, so he's having threesomes all the time, and nah, complain to his wife or complain to his girlfriend. Oh, Jack over there is having all these threesomes. Get off your ass and go get us some bitches. And it's like, no, this is not about <laughs> sex. What they're doing, it's a fucking relationship. And and, yeah. and I don't care if you have one partner or twenty partners. It takes fucking work. It's never easy. But then when you start trying to add somebody else in, the first shit got to be sound. That, that was the difference which made it you know easier for me because I went in knowing. But you got people who've been together 10, 20 years um, and have been lying to their partner. They've been cheating. Maybe not constantly. Maybe one time here, one time there. But realize, like, this is not me. This, my, my true self is to be with multiple people. But again, I love my wife. Like I love my husband. Because there are women that find out they're poly too. And their husband are, mon- you know, monogamous. So it's not just a one-sided thing. That, you know, it happens with women, the wives as well. Someone said in a, um, one of the poly groups I'm in, she was talking about how her, her, her um, significant, uh, I think it was her husband. I'm not quite sure, but they've been together for years. And she see the hurt. That is causing her, it's causing him, and it was to the point where she was ready to just give up on it. And her, she said to herself, "Sacrifice my happiness for my happiness." So when she's happy with her spouse, she will also be happy living a polyamory lifestyle. So it was, she was torn. She was generally torn, and it helped me understand where sir. With his, like they, I've seen people say they feel like they're suffocating, trying to be who their partner wants them to be, but and giving up who they genuinely are. They feel suffocated, and it starts causing resentment. I believe that it causes depression. It starts causing yeah, depression, all of that. And I've, I'm being in these groups helped me to understand what he was going through, because all I saw it as was him just being selfish, but just and just wanted some new pussy. And being in these groups, it was like, wow. But that 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 line that she said resonated with me. It was like giving up my, sacrificing my happiness for my happiness. Are you ever going to really so, be happy if you're doing something like that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, no, it's okay. If you know for a fact that that is not you, then I think you should, you know, go your separate ways. Although you get into marriages to death do its part, you know, yeah, sometimes death does not have to be in literal terms. Sometimes the death of the relationship. For it to be to death do its part. You don't have to literally die for death do it to be death do its part. And that's what people don't realize. They look at it in the physical form. That's not what it means. You know, you can't look at it that way. You got to look at it as the death of our relationship. And so, yes, you can go. It's not... Marriage is not a death sentence. If it's not working, if it's not fulfilling you the way you want it to, and you're giving your all, not because you're just sitting back thinking your partner's supposed to do it all, but if you're both giving your all and it's still not working, that is till death do us part. Okay. Can I interject for a moment? One of the the things that I got uh, through the Instagram of Will Smith, he says um, every year him and Jada – uh, go through a phase where they rehash everything that happened within that year. Even with their kids, they sit down around their birthday and then they go through all the positive things that happened during this time. All the lessons that you have held that helped you grow. All of these things that you should focus on. And if you do, if you're not having growth, then there's a problem, right? That's one. Then two, um, the lessons that you've learned, how are you going to reapply them for the next year? And having that particular plan, oh my God, was the most instrumental thing—not the most, but.
but absolutely one of my top five for moving forward. Rehashing my year as far as growth, as far as maybe some of the fun things that I had to learn about her, what she liked, what she didn't like that I tried, um, how I should move better because it aided in a different process to get us closer. All of these things um, I've done and it has not been easy. I'm not even going to shit you even a little bit. It hasn't been easy to get change to become a repetitive movement. It's not easy, but it is worth it. And you know I, what I mean? I think Together. that's a very positive way to do it instead of find, finding stuff you, you have issue with and oh, just yeah. talking about the bad. You take time out to, yeah. to focus on the, the positive. It definitely would change the mindset yeah. of, of not only you, but your partner. Right. And it helps you move forward mm-hmm. in a positive light because, like, damn, I did do this and it was great. And maybe mm-hmm. I could do something better next time or, you know, or yeah, bigger or absolutely. grander. So I definitely can see absolutely. the positivity out of that. Yep. And I do that instinctually. I mean, I've, I've done it probably for since I was about 17. So I'm rooted in that. Um, but that was only because, like I said, I didn't have parents to aid in the process of that learning, uh, that particular aspect of growth. But when I saw the Will and Jada thing, I said, oh, cool. This is how I could tailor make it for a relationship. Oh my goodness. It really hit me to my core to see it and then understand it where I could use it for myself. It's worth it. That pain, that growthing process, even all of the cuss outs <laughs> and tears, it was worth it. It was absolutely worth it because now I have a testimony, I have a triumph that I can give to my children. I can give it to my friends. My friends and family have seen the growth in me for them to come to my wedding um, just a few days ago. It was, I didn't stop crying in the video. Dude, uh, you guys, we, you we guys are so inspiring. <laughs> it really is. You know, because I, I, I met Patrice and she is, she is, she is, she is outspoken. She is beautiful and she is intelligent and oh, you, yeah. you, you love her. And I do. You, I, I, you can see it. This, you can't hide it. And <laughs> I, I, I love the way you love her. I Thank do. You. It's Thank so you. beautiful. And I hope that. Are you other crying? People, I am. <laughs> oh, baby, listen. We all can do it. You know what I mean? We reached out to a great support system. Give me, give me you guys contact information one more time for the people. So I'm Blue Sage on FetLife, and I'm Lady T Two L, and the Lady and T E E on um, Facebook and Instagram. I'm Lady T with a T without the E E. So, but still the two L. So it's L L A D Y T underscore on Instagram then it's Lady L L A D Y Space T E E on um, Facebook and then Blue Sage on Set Life. And then we have Divine Universal on Facebook and on Instagram. And then Divine Dominance on Set Life. Thank you guys and Thank you for having us. We're honored. Thank you, Nadine, so much. Thank you, guys. And you guys have an awesome day. Have enjoy your day. Thank all you guys for tuning in this evening. Um, Again, that was Sir Divine and Misty Boo, also known as Lady T. Love, BDSM, polyamory. You get it all with those those two. And it was definitely a pleasure. And it was definitely um, educational talking with the two of them. Um, I'm looking forward to speaking with them again. I really am. I might have to take Divine up on that phone call to build some more. But um, if you are looking to explore something outside of what we call monogamy, you might want to keep tuning in and keep coming back because we're always here to share with you. Thank you all and have a great night. Hi guys, this is Queen Nadine. Listen to more episodes like this. Feel free to Google Swing Culture Podcast.